episode 72. You got a towel, man? It's kind of hot out here, man. Why don't you purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka? Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. In the jail, the word tries to preach for a Good evening, Go Run To Me fans. I'm Jesus. The man on the other side of the mic is EC. How you doing, EC? What's going on, Jesus? Getting excited. Four more days, five more days left, something like that. Countdown begins uh, back to CR7. So very, very exciting. A lot of great things to get into. It's going to be a good fun night. It's been, a, it's been an interesting international break. Every year, again... After the Euros, after the World Cup, we get into the season, and it seems like we have this international break that is disturbs the beginning of you know what we, you know domestic you know domestic football, and it's always a pain in the ass, right? I don't know about you, I don't, I hate when we have World Cup qualifying games or Euro qualifying games or or whatever African Cup of Nation games so early in the season, <clears throat> but this break, you see, after the transfer window. Um, after three games starting off the season, this break has not disappointed. You know, it hasn't disappointed. I think there's been a lot of news coming out, a lot of, uh, and you know, long-awaited, anticipated um, return of CR7. Uh, it, I think it's been a pretty, pretty good um, international break with a lot of, with a lot of United news, a lot of United news, and you know, we'll get into. You know, we'll get into some uh, international matches here, here, here in a bit. But I think it's just it's going to all revolve around, and I think this next couple of months. So our listeners, please don't get mad at us if we fanboy over CR Seven, because I think the whole world is. And starting off right after the day after we uh, uploaded the last pod, you see, we I know we talked about the conspiracy theory with. Uh, Dan James getting shipped out to uh, to Leeds and losing the number twenty one and you know what if uh, you know Cavani gets it I mean I think that's where we talked about last week uh, you know obviously you know the conspiracy that that I don't think they shipped him out just because of that I think you know like you said uh, Bielsa wants wanted Dan James at the beginning uh, just he just didn't fit in the plans for the future especially with, with the crowded forward position that we have right now and all the young kids. That we have on, you know, on the in the youth in the youth program, the U two U twenty threes. I don't think Dan James just if didn't fit into the plans, but you know, let's let's talk about conspiracy theory because Cavani uh, gave CR seven or Cristiano Ronaldo back the number seven jersey, which is rightfully his, and then he took up Dan uh, Dan James's uh, number twenty one, and I think when the jerseys went on sale. Cristiano Ronaldo's jersey, what broke records of of, of one day sales uh, in, in across Europe? I, I just you know I, I, that just amazes me about the, how the response and the reception that United fans have have you know given Ronaldo. We want, I mean, 
It goes all the way back to when what Madrid, when uh, Mourinho was coaching Madrid, I think it was Sir Alex's last year, uh, when Madrid, you know, came, played uh, <laughs> at Old Trafford. And the, the, the standing ovation that Ronaldo got with the fans, they didn't boo him, you know, you know, just the, the love and adulation that the, the United fans have given him. And now he has the number seven. I just, I think it's, you know, I, it's great news. I just, I mean, it's just, I know it's, it's been almost, almost a week, but I mean, we have to talk about it because, I mean, how can you, how can you beat, how many, I don't know, I, I didn't really, really, I didn't write down the number you see, but. How many millions of jerseys did you sell in one day? I wasn't sure. I, I wasn't I wasn't sure of the number, um, but for me, what was interesting was to kind of see um, a couple of reports that came out that basically said, you know, how much we actually get uh, per jersey sell and how much Adidas actually gets um, per jersey sell. So. If you if you believe what they say, which you know it, that's hard to believe at times, reportedly what they're putting out in their paper is that United get five pounds off every shirt and Adidas gets a hundred. So there is a myth out there that these and I and I listen. I'm a part of that myth that I believe that these guys, you know, they pay for themselves with these jersey sales, but it's not really the truth if you believe uh, what's been reporting in Manchester. A couple of outlets have reported um, that basically. You know, it's, it's essentially pub talk that, you know, they make all this money back. They don't. Now, what happens is Adidas spent about $575 million, you know, paid to Manchester, you know, for said jersey for their logo to be on our on our kit. Mm. And so they make that money back pretty quick. Um, we, however, don't at $5 a pound. Now, you're still going to make a crap ton of money in our eyes, but we're not making as much um, as as we would for the particular jersey sales. So, um You'd have to go and read it. It's a great article. There's two, actually. There's one in the Sun. I don't trust the Sun 100%. They've put out some articles that I think are BS. Um, so I actually checked two sources, and they both said the same thing. So, again, $5 off of, let's say he sells 160,000 jerseys. I think it's that's a lot of money. I think let's we're in the millions. Let's, let, let's, say, <laughs> let, let's say he sells what it was reported $32 million is what he was reportedly sold. If you if you break that down, 32 you do it five dollars a pop. That's a good hundred and what sixty million dollars or hundred and hundred and fifty million, something like that. So Rain Man over here, one of sixty. No, <laughs> right. So so there's no there's there's no like you you can't scoff at that. That's something that for me you got to look <laughs> at it and say he still put a huge dent uh, in, in the sale. So for me, the way that I'm looking at it. Yes, we might not be making what Adidas is making because let's do that times a hundred. They probably killed it up up towards the billion number, but it's still because of one man who, rightfully, like you said, earned the number seven. Cavani wears twenty one in international play anyway, so it makes sense. Give him the twenty one jersey. CR seven is what sells. That is what United is about. You come to United, it's not just you as a player. We talked about this last week. It's also what can you bring to the club as far as marketing is concerned? This guy's the best marketing. He's better than anybody that's ever played the game. Let's just be real about it. Messi, a little bit more reserved, a little bit more laid back, more into his boys. Not that Ronaldo's not a family man, but Ronaldo could sell ice to a freaking Eskimo. Let's just be real about it. So I'm just looking at this, you know, from a, from a Jersey standpoint, he killed it. You know, they did a great job. Um, and it just it worked out really well because let's just be honest, 
Nobody knows what Dan James could have did. What if Dan James came and just set the world on fire and he's he's the guy? Yeah. Now you really have a problem, right? So for me, it worked out really well. Like we said last week, wish James the best. But um, let's just hope Ole doesn't screw this up and CR7 starts on Saturday. We won't, we won't, we won't talk about bad. We're not going to bash Ole this this, uh, <coughs> this spot, you see. Um, how much was uh, Ronaldo's contract again? I think we we I know we so he's, it was a disputed like I think it was like twenty eight reported, but I think it's more in the line long on lines of twenty fifteen, right? So a year. are Sorry. you talking about a year? He's getting twelve point five per year, year with fifteen per it with add ons. So that's that's him, you know, a certain amount of goals, certain amount of assists, that type of thing. So that's one of the things that he'll be able. With United selling one dollar, getting one dollar from every jersey sell that he has, that still pays for the Ronaldo's contract for two years, period. And maybe, and then sell two dollars, you know, get two dollars from it. It pays for the transfer fee and Ronaldo's contract for two years. So um, I think United are coming out hands down, you know, hand what is hand over fist? That's the that's the phrase of money. Uh, selling this jersey, I mean, selling you know, Marcos marketability. Um, I'm hoping, you know, I'm pretty sure there's something to closet his contract that he's getting a name and likeness imaging probably from that. So he's making more money on, on this deal probably. But I just thought it was just amazing that you know, I will have the reaction of the United fans. Um, that you know he got the, <coughs> the highest one day sales of any player because <coughs> you know nobody wanted him to leave. He left. Um, and they've always wanted him to return, but it just took this long. But let's segue into another conspiracy theory, EC. Ronaldo scores two late winners last week. He also got a yellow card for taking his jerseys off after the second goal. So he gets sent home early by the national team. So I think they played, what, two games after that? You know, uh, scrubs, I mean, there's really no... Um, no point, but he gets sent home. Yeah, conspiracy theory says that he got that yellow card on purpose so he can go back to Manchester early and start training or doing the quarantining that he needs to do to maybe start on 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 Saturday. Um, do you entertain these conspiracy theories? You see that he deliberately got a yellow card. You know, I I text <laughs> you. I told you. I I know. I, he he told them, "Look, it. I'm going to show everybody I still got it. Uh-huh. Came off I'm going to score too, these right? goals, which he ju- he still can jump out of the gym. Mm-hmm. So he's just letting everybody know in the Premier League, I still I can still get up. Maybe I can't run as fast as I used to run, but I can still run, and I can still jump higher than anybody in in that league. So if you put it in the box, this is what's going to happen. That was that was his goal, in my opinion. Did it twice, not once, twice, because mm-hmm. he's he's the goat." Then he says to himself, okay, I know they got all these quarantine rules, all this COVID crap going on. Mm-hmm. How can I give me more? Give me more. Get around on stage, mm-hmm. upstage, my man Varan, who came in like Hulk Hogan on WWE Slam Friday night. How can I upstage that guy? Well, I could probably come out and actually play in that game and actually do something. So for me, <laughs> I feel like he set it up. I feel like this is a marketing thing. He understands marketing. He understands how contracts work. He understands how jersey sales work. And so for, 
for me, what he basically did was he said, I'm going to show you how to get it done for all of you young rookie strikers at United. Let me just show you how I do it on the international stage. And I will be there to take everyone's job. And I will also come home soon to ensure that I show you guys that I can practice and I'll still be able to play. So I'm just, I'm super excited. When I saw it, I was, I literally, first thing I thought was, oh, he planned this from the jump. He really? told, he called Sir Alex and said, I will be there. I, I can guarantee it. So I could be way off. I know I'm a conspiracy theorist on certain things, but I think with this one, I, I, I think this was planned from the jump. That's just my thought. Well, I mean, I know, I mean, it, 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 it's laid out perfectly for him for the return. It's laid it out, you know, because he did return. Uh, I think I sent you the stuff. What he was back in training on yesterday, right? It was yesterday? It was the first day. He he had a meeting with the Ole. And then we, I mean, it gets into the the new stuff, you know, about this stuff about the quarantining. So that gives him what Thursday. The game was last Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, I think he arrived in Manchester on Friday. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So maybe Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, he quarantined the five days or whatever it is, you know, in England. Um, practice yesterday. He met. With, he met with Ole. It is very interesting to say yes that he planned it. I mean, but when is okay? What? How many times has Ronaldo taken off his shirt and a game winner? You see, I mean, throughout his career, especially in international play. That's why it was such a good play. Because no one's going to think the wiser. It doesn't, you know, yes, you're right. Maybe we don't think the fact that, okay, he planned it because he's done it before countless of times. So (laughs) I I just, it's a very interesting theory. Um, And and hell, you might be right. You probably are right. It is probably true that he planned it, but I just, I don't know if it's far-fetched that he wants, I mean, he loves playing for his country so much. So I just, I just don't. I can't just grasp at that. Like you know, I just, I, just, I, I just have a hard time doing that. You see, but I mean, it, I would, I would, I would roll with you had he not broken the all-time record. Yeah. So it's, it's not like he did only go there and only become the best international scorer of all time. But it's like you said, he did that, and it's not like they were playing the Netherlands next to be able to qualify, right? Yeah, he, he did exactly like what he needed to do. Yeah, so it, it, it's it's just it's it's it is Ronaldo. It's it's Ronaldo esque. Let me save the day. Let me come save United. Let me score some goals. Let me break a record. Like it all, everything that happened is so Ronaldo. I wasn't sh- I wasn't shocked for two seconds. I saw it and immediately thought, oh, he did that on purpose. Oh, yeah. He's coming home. He's coming home. He knows he's coming home, and and that's the end of that. And so all you strikers who have been training your asses off all week at Carrington, he basically took his shirt off to say, that's my spot. That's my jersey. Hey, Cavani, guess what? (laughs) I'll be out. When you get back from uh, Uruguay, I'll be there waiting for you. Hey, hey, Tony, I bet you thought I wasn't going to play because I got a quarantine. Guess what, brother? I'll be there. So I just, that's the way I looked at it. That's the way I see it. You know, I, I could be wrong, but I think I think that's what he did because he's, he's just a man like that. And, you know, you see, uh, I know we brought it up at the end of the last week's uh, pod where, <coughs> where I said, 
and Ronaldo in his face does not look. Um, he looks. Not, I didn't say sickly, but I said he just does. He just lost a lot of weight. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. When that man turned, what, the, how high he got on the celebration with is with the uh, without his jersey. Yeah, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about because that man is chiseled like, like, like the god of like Apollo himself or Zeus himself. It made this man because I mean I'm I love my wife, but I don't know, man. If Ronaldo came a calling, I, I, I might question my I might question my sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> he's something else and, and and i you know he's just he's box office and i think he knows that and i think he knows you know what this is going to mean to that stadium you know oh you're going to have sir alex ferguson sitting there you're going to have him clapping him. you're going to have you know well, sold out carrying uh old trafford you're well, going to have let's talk about that him back. Let's, yeah let's talk about that because there has been talk that he might not play or he might not start or he might do something like Varane did and do the yeah, coming out in a suit in front of Old Trafford before the match because, like I said earlier about the quarantining, uh, and then Ole had come out saying something in his press conference saying there might be lack of training for him uh, with the team, which he was there yesterday. That means he gets yesterday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, four days of training. So I don't know if these rumors are just rumors, or <coughs> or what. Because you see, I know I know everybody knows everybody out there knows I have a fantasy team. I'm gonna tell everybody. I dropped Bruno on my fantasy team. I picked up Paul Pogba. I, I made three trades. You see, I'm four trades. I'm sorry, four trades. One was a free transfer. I had to drop Luke Shaw because I couldn't have three United players on my team at once. More than three. So I had to drop Luke Shaw, so I picked up somebody. Then I dropped uh, Bruno, picked up Paul Pogba, kept Mason. Then I dropped Banford, and I picked up uh, CR7. Bruno helped me with that CR7 trade. I'd be very pissed, easy, because I'm already down 12 points, negative 12. I'd be very pissed if CR7 does not play this weekend. All right, and Bruno plays because we already know the, the. It's already come out that CR7's taking free kicks and penalties. I think it was, and I saw the headline today. So, if I gave a fucking Bruno a week early, then he's not gonna play. I'm gonna be pissed. So, do you think these rumors of the quarantining and lack of preparation with the team are the, is only gonna play him on Saturday? I mean, so is he gonna start him on Saturday? I'm sorry. That's what I want to know as a fantasy player. I think he starts. Thank you. I don't. I think it's smoke and mirrors. I think he has to. You know, if if you're if you're Mason, if you're Tony, if you're Edison, you don't want to hear this guy just transferred in and he's taking your spot. You know, you don't you don't want to hear that this guy hadn't been here in eight years, or whatever it is, and and then he comes back in and you know he's starting. You you want to hear that he's going to have to work. He's going to have to get acclimated. He's going to have to train. He's going to have to figure the, the system out. He's going to have to get acclimated to the new players. You want to hear your coach say all those things so that you feel like you've got a shot. The reality of the situation is, like I said last week, this is not the ordinary guy. This is not the average player that came in. This is literally a legend coming back home to essentially, you know, 
finish what he started and, you know, cement his legacy as that all-time great. Like, can you, can he come back, win a title, and then put him in the realms of, like, the greatest player to play, you know, at United? So I just think that you have to say those things. You have to make sure that the players that are there know that, you know, we want you to work hard, but this is just a different type of guy. Um, so for me, I think he'll work where he'll start is the, the bigger question. Um, because I think he could play several different positions positions in that front three. Yeah. I even think he could play in if if you if you wanted him to, which is super interesting to think about. But um no, I think he starts, I think he plays the whole probably about sixty minutes um there and abouts, depending on how the game's going. I I personally think that Newcastle is gonna sit down. I don't think there's gonna be a battle in the midfield, but mm-hmm. we can talk there, you can you can and put him in, um, easing back, um, you know. Give him an hour, and uh, I, I, I honestly think he's going to play. I honestly think he's going to play great, memorable, first game back, you know, moments for him, and uh, just just super excited. I think the fact that he, we're playing at Old Trafford, you see, and that's why I have more faith that he's going to play. Because I think what uh, the next Premier League match – because uh, Young Boys is where? Where are we playing? United. This next Boys. Tuesday, that's in Switzerland. They're playing in Switzerland, and they're playing away at West Ham the next yeah. Sunday. Uh, and then they'll play the <clears throat> the Carabao Cup, which is the Wednesday, the 22nd. I doubt he'll play in the Carabao Cup because um, it's just – that's your favorite cup, but, I mean, it's the Carabao Cup. Um and then West at Villa at the end of the month. There's no way he's not going to play at Old Trafford and make his debut in front of that crowd for one, two, three games, I would say. Young boys, Switzerland, West Ham away, and then wait till Villa at at home. No. That's all month. You're going to deprive all the Old Trafford fans a month for, for this man to make his Old Trafford debut? So I'm, I'm, that's what I'm gearing. I'm, I'm, I'm on your side. I'm, I'm, I'm going to lean on your judgment, EC, to keep him as my starter. And if obviously, if I, um, if I lose, if I, he doesn't start, he doesn't score, I'm going to blame it on you. And I think my, my team will crash and burn. Let's put it that way. All right. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to leave it up to you, EC. You're my, you're my transfer guru, right? Or my, my, my um, fantasy guru right now that I'm going to lean on. But yeah, I think he's going to play. Uh, at old, at Newcastle. Speaking of quarantine, you see, uh, this I think this whole quarantine thing is kind of taking over all the news. Um, Fred, the Brazil's uh, what the hell happened? I don't know if you get you got to watch the Brazil Argentine match, but it was just nuts, all right? And with England and their you know their 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 quarantining rules and their the English Premier League clubs not allowing the the South American players to go back home. Uh, Edison didn't go play for Uruguay. Um, uh, Fred didn't play for Brazil. And it looks like Brazil's trying to get some retribution on these English Premier League clubs, easy, because they're putting up. I don't. Know, I don't. I don't know the, the 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 technicalities and how the hell the Brazilian FA could tell the English FA and especially the club teams that their players that didn't participate that were available to play against the Argent- the Argentine team 
Argentina, I'm sorry. Um, how they get a five-game ban in their domestic play. It's just, it's just, this whole situation is weird. And I think it's it's weird because it started off weird at the match because there were, like, several players on, what, the Argentine, Argentine team, that uh, La Celso and all them, that lied about how many days they're supposed to quarantine because there's a difference between uh, English players quarantining compared to uh, the other European teams quarantining. It's just, it's just getting – it's just you're lost in translation when about this quarantine stuff, and then what happened again on the pitch in the Brazil match, having these uh having these you know these uh, I mean these doctors to come out and you know say no no I mean dragging these players off the pitch and then just the chaos and that it was it was suspended, and then <laughs> now the Brazilian FA is coming after players that didn't even travel. Again, it's just very hard to you know understand to wrap your head around. You see, I I, I don't know what to come to think of it. It because you're you're looking at Allison, I think transfer and left. Or Charleston didn't go. Fred didn't go. And these are you know these are you know uh, Firmino didn't go. Uh, who else? I mean, who, who are the predominantly Brazilian players? You know that play in high level clubs. Uh, Jesus, Gabo Jesus didn't go. I mean, you're looking at some, you know, you're looking at some talent going to be left on the bench, at least for this weekend. And if they're not playing the Champions League, like say like um, like in Everton, they're going to miss two league games compared to what, uh, say what Fred would be losing. Just one against here, uh, Newcastle, and then one against Young Boys. It's just, it, it's a cluster, I think. It's not fair. Um, it's not fair because just like I said, you know, one, one team gets Champions League, a game missed, while the other team is going to get two league games missed. The team is getting is suffering from that. Well, I, my understanding that was when the players who traveled to the Brazil-Argentina game, when they went through customs, they they did not corn government. That, that's what the protocol was. That's why the game was stopped because they didn't quarantine before the game. That's why the officials ran out to shut the game down. They lied about it. That's what apparently that happened. They said that they were stopped, but they weren't stopped. That's why the official came out and stopped the game. No, they lied about how many they, that they did quarantine. Now I wasn't aware. I thought right, so they didn't do the time is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they, yeah. that's that's initially why the game they shut it down. Yeah. So I I understood. That. Because that's the government's rule. Yeah, they're not special just because they're footballers. So I get, I got that part. Now, what I didn't get, you said that these players, like, let's just speak on Fred. You're saying that Fred did not go no. overseas. He, he stayed no. in England the whole time, and he still the, can't play. The Premier League clubs, Premier League so clubs, what is, didn't let, didn't let, did not let. Um, they didn't release their players for national duty. Because the quarantining time that they're gonna have to come back, because the time that the quarantine time is different compared to the rest of Europe, from what I gathered, and when I sent I sent you that article this morning, um, well, I sent Simon you Stone is reporting that there, there's no official word on whether or not Fred will not play. Well. Um, again, the, the uh, Sky, so Sky reported I, it this morning. I, what I'm getting from. What I'm getting from Simon Stone and Simon Peach is that it is something that the Brazilian government wants the FA to uphold 
but it's not something that is official. So yeah. I know fans are, it's sad. Fans are very excited that the fact that Fred isn't going to play. I think that sucks, <laughs> but I get it. It's a funny tongue in cheek type of thing, but it's not an official. It's something that is, that they want. So right now there is a fight between the Brazilian government and the, yeah, so it's, it's not an official report. So Simon via their Twitters that this isn't something that's official. It's something that they would like to happen. Mm. So I, I don't, I don't know that he won't play. I honestly think that he will, but I think if he doesn't, uh, I think this whole thing is becoming a bit of a joke. Um, I'm sure you're probably not a big fan right now of Arsene Wenger, who is now the uh, FIFA CEO uh, in charge of getting turn- tournaments together. He wants to do the World Cup every two years. That's bullshit. That would make our international breaks worse. So I think, you know, this international thing, I know it's screwed because we didn't have a Euros on time. And so now we're going kind of Euros and World Cup. But I think ultimately... Um, what's going on is, you know, the governments have the rights to basically say, listen, you know, if you want to travel, i.e., you know, Edison Cavani, if you want to go to Uruguay, you're going to have to sit out. And we there's several international breaks this season because this is a World Cup calendar year. So, you know, he's going to miss several games. This is kind of why, you know, CR7 is such a big signing. Yeah. But um, as far as concerned, I don't think it's an official official stamp as of yet. I Whoa. still think there's some some fighting going on because as you mentioned, some of the players you mentioned and some of the clubs, you can imagine what these coaches are going through trying to ensure that they put out a, a, a perfect lineup in their eyes to be able to win these games. And so um, I'm still kind of waiting until, you know, for me personally, until I put something out, I haven't heard an official stamp. I know that that's what they would like to do. Well, Simon Stone, just because you just because you, you you mentioned him, according to BBC reporter Simon Stone, the Brazilian FA have taken frustrations to a nor, uh, to a formal level, as they were without a number of Premier League players this week, including for United's Fred. Stone reports the Brazilian right. authorities are set to invoke a five day rule in which any player who is selected but not released for, the, for international duty is ruled out from playing with their club for five days. Should the ruling be approved, like you're saying, it's nothing's official. Fred will not be available for United's two games against Newcastle and Young Boys. But I've not heard that it won't be approved, as well. That's up to FIFA, wouldn't it be, or would it be up to the UEFA? Well, it, it's it's going to be the it's going to be the two. It's going to be the two bodies. The the Brazilian F. It's going to be the Brazilian government slash FA slash. In my opinion, they're medical people fighting with FIFA, and I think UEFA will get involved because you're talking about Champions League football at that point as well. So all of those people are probably up right now, middle of the night, fighting it out to figure. Because here's the bottom line: the medical staff, in my opinion, are going to have that final say so because everybody's trying to be safe. We can't sit here and try to be fake and say that COVID is over. If you look at even at Manchester United's next game on Saturday, if you do not have your COVID card or you're not tested before you go in, you can't watch the match. Same thing with young boys, anyone traveling to Switzerland. If you don't have two shots and or a uh, positive negative test before, you cannot go to the match. So COVID is not over, even though they're letting people go watch games and attend matches. 
So I honestly think that the medical people involved in this fight are going to win. So I do think Fred will be banned. I think it's something they're pushing for from a safety standpoint. I don't like it. Will be banned. But I think they're trying. He didn't travel. I I understand. So you think think FIFA will uphold the Brazilian? Because you're, you're talking about Brazilian, the Brazilian players that did not go to uh, South America, stayed, Which is why I stayed with their club. So you're saying FIFA is going to uphold that ruling that they're, them, they're, they're banned. They cannot play for five games. I think, I think they will. I hope that they okay. don't. And that's why I'm saying I don't, I don't think there's, they're just going to have to fight it out. Yeah. I think it makes no sense in my mind to, if the guy, if let's say he went, that's why I'm saying I was, I was surprised to hear because I didn't, I don't, I didn't pay attention. I heard the news, you know, I don't follow Brazil or, or Argentina. I yeah. like our players, I love them, but I don't, I didn't follow the team that was watching the U.S. So I just heard the news. So if if you didn't, if you don't go anywhere, mm-hmm. then why should you be quarantined to what? Because you're you're already there. So I my my thing is that point to me doesn't make any sense. Now if you had gone to said country. And they have a thing in the UK saying that if you travel back from one of their banned states or countries, sorry, then I get it. You need to follow the rules. And yeah. if the UK says if you go to what? Brazil, when you come back, you got days. That's why the clubs didn't totally release their teams for that. club duty because they didn't want to. But if you do it. not travel. Yeah. Right. I just, I just think this is the Brazilian, right. the Brazilian so that, that, FA is being vindictive against against uh, the FA. That's why I'm saying. Because... That's what I'm saying. I don't think it makes sense. That's what I'm saying. It's it's that fight. That's what I mean. They're, yeah. they're, they're all up fighting against each other, trying to say, hey, we're being safe. And they're saying, no, you're just being dumb at this point. You're not You're not even making any sense. Making they go to Brazil and come back to the UK or vice versa. Totally fine. And I, again, I think there's probably some anger. I don't know, but there's probably some upset anger towards having to shut that match down. That was a qualifier. I don't even know if the points went to Brazil. Um, I don't, or to, yeah, to Brazil. I don't know if the, the points went to them or they, they went to Argentina. I don't even know how that worked out. I, I would like to know I that just outcome. think there might have been it's some kind backlash. Of, it's kind of a, that outcome kind of, again, another conspiracy theory. And then Brazil not knowing knowing that they don't have a, a full t- a full squad, maybe Argentina too. Uh, there's you know I don't know how many Argentine teams. Argentine I don't know why. Let's also place for Tottenham. I don't know why Tottenham let him go, uh, but there's other European players too. Um, is there some sort of you know a the the game was called off so nobody gets a point so we can have the rematch to where we can bring all the you know the, the club back. Brazil lost money, or maybe maybe you're right. Maybe Brazil lost uh, lost the match on forfeit, <clears throat> and then uh, you know uh, Argentina gets you know the points, and maybe um, that's why they're 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 taking it out on the the Premier League clubs that didn't let their um, didn't let their uh, players go. So it, it, it's it's interesting, but you see, coming off the oh, I mean, like you said. If Fred is ban- uh, uh, sent, you know, the, you know, packing for the next two days, it does leave an interesting question on who's going to fill his position. And on, uh, on Rio Ferdinand's um, internet uh, YouTube channel, 
Vibe for Five. Uh, he interviewed Donnie Van de Beek, and which is a very interesting interview. It's a, I think it was like over an hour long. Donnie said, and I think his agent has come out and also said the reason that's why John Donnie is bulked up in this summer. That Donnie said that you know he's spoken to, to, to Ole, and he feels that he could play the number six position. Well, the number six position currently is held by said Fred. Hey, that rhyme, right? Said Fred, right? Remember, I'm too sexy for my shirt, guy. Anyways, um, is this the time for Ole to give the United fans what they want in putting Donny Van de Beek in? If he does not have Fred available, because Scott is—I don't think I saw a picture of Scott at training at training, but obviously, you know, the groin surgery. Matic is going to look. He's only going to get if he starts. He's only going to get thirty minutes. I mean, sixty minutes. If he plays all match, it'll probably be a disaster in the midfield. The only other option for 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 Ole in the next two matches is to give Donny a chance, in my opinion. Do you think can he play that sixth position? I think he can and play it. Uh, I, he's played it before. I think he's played it for us. He's played it uh, before he got to Ajax as a young kid, as he stated in the interview. You know, this has been the the biggest anom- anomaly for me. Um, you know, and I and I said this week, and I'll say it again. Donnie Van de Beek is the biggest second string quarterback I have ever seen in my life, because this is what happens in the States. You know, when we have a quarterback who is second string, he's shown promise in practice and all of the fans are screaming for him to play. Well, and you're I, a Washington fan, so you're is, used to it, right? Ex- exactly. So that I'm, I'm a, <laughs> I am a professional. I am a professional in put the backup in. You're a professional in putting the backup in, huh? Put the backup in. Let's see what he can do because the starters suck him enough. In the four games that the kids started, I want someone on the pod to tell me, one a fan, put in the comments, what did he do that made you go, man, he needs a more of a run? In the, in the, in the substitution moments that he got in and played, in the, yes, five minutes, four minutes, what did he do that made you think he's got to get in here? He's got, it's just not fair. My thing is this. Ole has said this year that Donnie has gotten stronger and that he's more aware. He understands what he wants him to do. He, he doesn't, he's not so much looking for a midfielder that's going to thread the needle. He's looking for someone that wants to press, that wants to, 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 to play defense and, 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 and get stuck into a tackle. He understands that, right? Because Donnie's game is tick-a-tacka. He loves to pass. He's got good, good tricks. He's technical. That's not what he's looking for for him in that role, right? So he gets that. My whole thing is if you get an opportunity to play, you got to go out there. And, and it doesn't matter if it's Carabao Cup that I love, if it's five minutes here, if it's 10 minutes there. It doesn't matter what it is. When you get your shot, you don't get a whole lot of them. Like, you don't get this big allotment of, of, of chances. And Ole has backed him. He's just come out right now and said, you're not going anywhere. We're not selling you. We're not loaning you. Like, I want you to play here, but you've got to be better. And I 
10 times over agree with that. He's He's got to be better. This isn't IX. This is a way bigger club. We're not just, con, you know, controlling the ball. 2006, where we're just controlling the ball and doing whatever we want against every team. This is 2021. And, yes, Newcastle is going to sit back. So you would think this would be a situation where he could play. But I think it only screams for Nemanja Matic. I think that's what he's going to do. I think if the Fred um, penalty or whatever you want to call it, punishment is is upheld, I think you're going to see Pogba and Matic, which is a very slow, um, old uh, midfield. But I think with Newcastle sitting back, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. I do not see them trying to press us. I do not see them because they know what it is. If they if they try to press at all, there we have so many we have so many attacking players that are going to just destroy them. And I and I think they know being at Old Trafford, the game plan is to sit back, lower block, hold the ball, nick a goal, get a goal off of a corner. That's what the game plan is going to be. Everybody knows that. That's that's exactly what they're going to do. So. What do I want to see Donnie play? Yes, I would love to see him play, but I don't want to just see him just to see him. I'd like for him to do something that would warrant me to say, you know what, this is your spot now, kid, or you need to be challenging Fred, or you need yeah. to be challenging. That's what I'd like to see because for me, I haven't seen. It. No, I mean it's, and that's just me. I, I want again. I want this guy to succeed. I want him to be on the pitch. I want the best 11 to be on the pitch, pretty much. And I, I would think Donnie Vanderbeek is better than Fred, is better than Scott Matamanay, with the pedigree, and obviously better than Nemanja Matic. I want the best 11, period. So that's starting Matic. And this is what it goes back to when I was saying about Let's get the best 11, you know, 4-4-2. Let's run a 4-4-2. Ronaldo, Bruno up in the 9-10. Let's get Greenwood and Sancho in the wings. Pogba and Donny Vanderbeek or Fred. I think it said Fred, but get Donny in that number six position like a Paul Scholes. I know he's not Paul Scholes. I know it's a blasphemy, but he has a, some of the same attributes as Paul Scholes because Paul Scholes was not a defensive maestro. He did there. He did dirty work. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I mean, when Paul Scholes need to make a tackle, Paul Scholes need to make a tackle. But he was a passing some bitch, and I think Donnie is in that same ilk that he could pass, and he can get it. I mean, he's going. I mean, if he's bulked up, maybe he can get his nose dirty. You know, get his you know, fingernails dirty if he needs to make a tackle, and we need to rely on the the the, the Varane and Maguire tandem. To control the back line, I think if we do that, we don't need to run this four-two-three-one or four-one, you know, four-three-three bullshit. If we have that, that's an attacking-minded midfield like we had in the past. Yes, we're going to get nick a goal. They're going to nick a goal, but you know what? We're going to put more past you. So yes, if that means Donnie, I mean, if if Fred's going to get suspended, I think it's a blessing in disguise that we can try the Donnie Van de Beek. Paul Pogba in the middle and let this, you know, let this cat run uh, because it's just getting, this is just getting too ridiculous to where you you have somebody like that sitting on the bench. And I know you said that he did not do anything, but I, I think last year he proved when he was in there, he could do more than what Fred and McTominay and Matic could do. 
to- in the end of the overall game. It's just he hadn't got a chance. And then and let's see. I mean, let us see. But speaking of another a person that's kind of on the outs or in the end of the bench, Jesse Lingard, you see. He rejected a contract extension. He had the opportunity to go sold this this in the transfer window, and then he rejects the fucking contract extension. What the? I mean, what the hell is up with this guy? You know what I mean? We kept him because what? He didn't want to go to some teams. You know, he has a specifically <coughs> he has specific clubs that he wants to go to, and he rejected contracts. I think from what I read over the transfer window. And now we now he rejects a contract extension. I mean, come on. I mean, what does this dude want? I think from what I'm hearing, it's being reported from Stratford Paddock, um, which they're getting their information from Manchester Evening News. Apparently, he's turning down these contracts because what he's wanted to be written um, is that he's going to play, and not what they're giving him. They're not. So, you know, you can look at somebody and say, look, you're guaranteed to play. You might be an important player. You might be a bench player. You play 20 minutes or you might be somebody that plays in cup games. And I think what Jesse's looking at is he's saying, OK, if I if I can't get what I want, there's no point in me taking 150 grand a week if I'm going to fill Jones and, and sit on the bench or not even make the bench team. And so, you know. I, I don't know his family life. I It looks like it's getting better, but I don't know if he's trying to maybe put himself in a position to where he can not only earn a living for his family and his daughter and provide, but also, you know, will I be able to play? Because if you if you look at what uh, Ole has said, and Ole's, this is this season, Ole said if he didn't catch COVID, he would have started the first game of the season. Then he plays it him in the next game he yes he comes out uh and then he doesn't play at all against wolves so for me the way that i look at jesse he's probably looking at his life and saying this is basically the fork in the road and i'm you know 28 years old i'm gonna probably sign one more really nice contract i'd like to probably play some football i'll go ahead and run my contract down i can go on a free that way you know, the whatever club that I choose to go to, me and my agent sit down and think about it, what's best for me and my family. It's a situation I'm going into where said club's not paying any fee. So the the, the relaxation for them is off from that. And then also I can talk to a club about, you know, actually playing some football because I think all was going to give him a shot. I mean, he came out of his mouth. Unless he's full of crap, he said he was going to play him. And then he caught COVID and, and, and we are where we are. So... Um, I wish the kid the best. I, again, he's another one, you know, you hope it works out for him. Um, but I think there's so many different levels to what, 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 why a player would turn a contract down, especially at a club that he loves. The only thing I can think of is, is that this, this kid, the reports of him saying, I want to play and Ole being honest with him and saying, you had your chance and you had COVID and it just wasn't meant to be. And you, you're just not in the mix anymore. We signed CR seven and it, you know, it's just, it just may not be in the cards. Um, it was great to seven celebration as well. Um, so I know he's excited, but um, I, I think there's a lot more um, going on as far as him kind of looking in the mirror 
kind of like we talked about last week and saying, you know, what's going to be my legacy here? You know, am I going to be a bench warmer? Is that what my, because his, his daughter, she's literally watching for England. So these are memories that he's trying to create and have, you know, is this something that he wants to do or does he want to actually go out and actually you know show her that daddy actually does play it's not just going to be a story that i tell you know you can actually see me uh see me play so his contract ends up at the end of this year am i correct yeah he's done he'll, he'll go on a free um unless something happens in january which if, if you believe the rumors of today <coughs> declan's back on the Mark hunt him. uh and so, yeah and so it will on united's radar with holland you know, that sparked up again. So, you know, it could be a situation where he's just going to say, look, I'm going to go ahead, go on a free, um, or, you know, January West Ham calls back and he didn't get the playing time that I don't think he'll get. And he goes back to West Ham and, and you know, plays European football for them, starts for them, and, and kind of does what he did last season. Mm. So, I mean, he's, his options are essentially open at this point. In my opinion, I think he's looked at it. Um, I think he's, you know, there's been players who have done this in the past. Hell, Aguero just did this. You know, you let your contract run down. No pressure on clubs all over the place to have to come up with the 25 million, the 15 million. I now, think he's probably about a 15 million. Right. It, it's it's the same type of thing where the agent says, look, it, we can open things up. It's, you know, open season. Clubs don't have to have that you know, fear now, now what they have to look at is say, we're not giving the club anything. The player's going to go ahead and get this salary. But that's two different. Those, those are two different scenarios. Jesse has not played club. I mean, constantly for what, how many years? Three years at least. And that's why he'll go to like a West Ham. He's not, this move is. Also, you see, he's older. To a big club. I I mean, he's getting, he's on 150 a week. I don't mean. You're saying a big contract. There's a difference between Paul and him. Paul is playing for national team and club team. Paul is younger. So is Jesse. No, no, Jesse. Okay. Jesse played for United this season. Jesse's played for England. He's scoring goals. But Jesse's not. No, no, compared to Paul, compared to Paul, you know what I mean? This is the thing. Paul's younger too, right? They're about the same age. They both both grew up together, played FA Cup and U23s. They're they're the same they're the same. I get what you're saying, and yeah. he's betting on himself. And I get I get what you're saying. This is kind of the the Schroeder of the NBA, where they give you the eighty five million dollar contract, you turn it down, and now you're playing for five. I totally get it. Yeah. And this is again what you were talking about a few weeks back, where now the players decided to essentially bet on himself and say, "I'm here, I'm available, I can play." And so he scored the two goals, but were they, who were they against? It was against Angola. Let's not act like he scored against the French, the Brazilian, yeah. the the. Like this, this crazy side, right? It yeah. was angle. It was a goal that probably should have been stopped. The second one, anyways. Sure. Yeah. And so I get that. I'm just saying we all know there's an English tax. We all know there's something to be said about players who have the I'm an English uh, international on their on their CV. These are all things that will go into contract negotiations. And that, I think so that's why he should he should have green lit a contract. He should have green lit a a, 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 a a transfer to. West Ham this summer, this I mean this past summer, I, I, and that's I think his problem. And I and I agree, and I think he's probably saying I fucked up. Yes, they're, they're coming up, <laughs> but I think he's thinking to himself, 
Arsenal, not Arsenal, sorry, Spurs, um, Leicester City, uh, Wolves. I think he's thinking more along those lines of club. You know, if if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be honest, you know, a a Inter, uh, a, a PSG. I think he's thinking more along those lines of clubs where he can maybe uh, bring an impact on a higher level because I think he just rates himself that high. And again, you know, fair play to him. You know, anybody that can bet on themselves, um, I think that's something that uh, you gotta you gotta stand up and applaud. And again, you know. It, it, it comes with some good things that can happen at times. And, you know, there are times where that can come back to bite you in your butt. So, you know, I hope it works out for him. I hope he, you know, gets what he wants out of the deal. I hope his agent's not stirring him in the wrong way. I hope he's got, you know, good advisors around him. But, uh, you know, again, at the end of the day, you know, he's going to have to be the one, you know, making this ultimate decision uh, for him and, uh, and for his family. So it's uh it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. I was shocked, you know, because I, I thought that this was something that he wanted. I thought that this was something that, you know, he was looking at, like, you know, waiting for Ole to kind of, you know, put that marker down that this was going to be his guy. Um, but again, I think he probably looked at him in his face and said, you know, as much as I love you as a kid and as much as you've grown up here and played for us, um, we're not going to be able to, you know, guarantee that you get the time that you, that you essentially want. So I just think that that's where he's looking at it from. Um, and, you know, hopefully things work out for him because again, when you bet on yourself, you know, I know our American fans will know that story. Like I just said about Dennis Schroeder, you know, the Lakers offer you 80 million <laughs> and uh, you go, nah, I, I can get more. I can get more. And what's he wind up getting five or eight, you know, and, and, and because, laughing stuff i mean you know people people were ripping him on social media and you know calling him stupid and i mean hey listen the the offer was on the table it's a fact the lakers said here you know we want to give you this money we believe in you we want you to be the point guard and he said nope i could get more and he didn't so is he taking a risk in my opinion yes but this is the this is the old adage of are you the kid in high school that says when i go to school again am i going to go to a&m or am I going to go to Missouri State where I'm going to actually play? And I think he's looking at it going, United's A&M, I love them, great, great school, great history. But if I go to Missouri State, i.e. Leicester City, I might actually get on the field and actually do something. And so I think he's waiting for a manager to look him dead in the eye and say, Jesse, we want you to be our 10, we want you to go score goals, we're going to give you 150 million, uh, hit 150000 a week, can you do it? And I think that's what he's banking on happening next season or January. I think Jesse Lingard is the quintessential champagne taste on a beer budget kind of player. He's never really scored 20 goals a season, right, EC? He's never been the talisman for this club. I think the best he had was in this half year that he had with West Ham. And you know, you back. I mean, he, I mean, he had, he had less than ten goals, but in the short period of time he was with West Ham, he did well. Don't think you're going to yeah, go to play, a top great. club. Don't think you're going to go to a top club when you don't have the CV that you, that you think that you think you have. I think Gareth. I think Gareth Southgate is doing him a solid by putting him back on the on on, on the English team. I don't think he deserves it because Mason Greenwood. 
deserves being on that English team, EC, ahead of Jesse Lingard. And that's hands down. And they play, Def- huh? Bamford. <laughs> huh? Definitely ahead of Bamford. Oh, it definitely ahead of Bamford. But Bamford's ahead of Lingard, too, because he was bagging goals last year. So I think Jesse needs to lower his expectations and not think that he's going to go sign for Real Madrid. You think you said Inter or these large, these huge English clubs just because he wore a United jersey. I mean, he, with United, I think James, James, Dan James has had the same amount of goals as Jesse Lingard in the past two years. And Dan James went to Leeds. So he needs to temper his expectations and understand that he's on a beer budget and <clears throat> go to a club that wants him. And then go to a club that's going to play him and it's not going to be a top club. And he's going to have, I think he's going to be disappointed when the suitors come calling and the suitors are going to be like Watford. Uh, the suitors are going to be like uh, Brighton, you know, for them to pay him money. So enough with Jesse. Um, let's have this. I don't know if it's a feel good story, see, because. It's, a, it's something that uh, it involves a United player and something that he's been championing for. Uh, but Mar- Marcus Rashford is in the news, and not for playing, but Marcus Rashford's in the news for, you know, something, a, a cause that he's, that he's um, you know, that he's passionate about. And I want you to explain what's going on with Marcus and his mission to feed young, you know, the children. So let me know what you think. I mean, just let us know what's going on, you see. So Marcus Rashford is essentially being Marcus Rashford as usual. Um, You know, this guy's hurt. You know, he can't play. So, you know, what does he do? He comes out and he's basically speaking again um, to feed these kids. Because if he ain't, if if the prime minister ain't going to do it, he else will. Marcus Rashford, MBE, will. He says, quote, instead of removing support through Social Security, we should be focusing efforts on developing a sustainable long-term roadmap out of this child hunger pandemic. That's our 22-year-old New York bestseller telling the government, again, to step up and, and feed these kids. So I just wanted to I just wanted to bring it up, shout him out. Um, you know, they're going to, obviously he's going to have to do it on the pitch, um, you know, as he has in the past, um, and do it pretty consistently. But I think, you know, what he's basically doing at this point is letting the world know that, you know, this is who I'm going to be, you know, well past football after I'm retired and and coached, I'm going to be someone who steps up and says something for hungry children. And it's not just little black children. Yes, he's a black boy, but he's speaking for all children. He knows kids are back in school. Um, some of them, you know, still hungry in the classroom, haven't had a meal, um, and are still having to go to school. So, um, just shout out to the guy who's, you know, he, he can't, you know, do anything to, to make you smile on the pitch. So what does he do? He does it off. Um, that, that to me is, is bigger. It shows what, what the man really is. Um, so I, I love him because they don't have to do that stuff. Those guys, you know, they've they've worked their butts off to get to the level that they're at. And so they don't have to give back. They should, but they don't have to, especially them being so young. This is this is something that a 40 year old, you know, a 50 year old seasoned person who's kind of lived life would do. Not someone who's, you know, when I was 22, 
let alone get a couple grand a week. This guy's on 200 whatever a week, and he's more trying to write a kid's book to inspire a child to be better and ensuring that the kids that are hungry have a, have a hot meal so they can actually focus on school and not when their next meal going to come. So uh, shout out to this guy for being amazing. I, I, I hope that people, um, you know, see him for who he is, which is just a great man uh, and, and, a, and a great footballer second. So just wanted to, I just wanted to make sure we got that out there. I think he, he's, what is it? What's the term you see? It's called, he's more, he's, what is it? Years beyond, his, years beyond his age or something like that, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. it's a term. Um, Cause you're right. Young, you know, he's not even 25. You see, right? No, uh, he's not 25. No, not, not, even, not even 23. And you're right. The money's on, I mean, we look here, we look at kids, you know, in in the States and with that kind of wealth, you know, young players, you know, more more adept to be on social media and post, oh, look what I have and look, you know, you know, especially young athletes, right? In the NBA, um, you know, all different races in the NBA and MLB and, and, uh, and football and American football. Uh, hell, even YouTubers these days, right? Instagram people that, you know, they get paid off uh, advertising from Instagram and TikTok and all these. I mean, they're not out there, you know, for social justice. You know, they're out there, you know, especially the Instagram people. They're out here posting, oh, look what I have, look what I have, look at, look what I bought, you know, this mansion or these, these cars or, or whatnot. Making almost the same money as, as Marcus Rashford is. For this man to have this passion of of of, of, um, of feeding the feeding kids, um, and because he went through that, he went hungry, and have it so young, and this is his mission in life. I think it's amazing. My wife's a teacher, you see, and it amazes me, and it saddens me, especially during COVID, of what these kids do. I mean, there's so many kids here in the United States, and I'm pretty sure it's the same way throughout the world. Poor kids that just go to school just to eat, because we, you know, they get a free free breakfast, free lunch, and then um, at least here in Texas, I don't know how it is in Oklahoma, but I'm pretty sure it's this kind of same program. They get a free afternoon snack kind of dinner. <clears throat> Last year, with COVID. Uh, they were giving the stuff away for free. No, I mean, it doesn't matter if people showed up or not. They got bags together, and on the weekends, on Friday, they gave them meals for Saturday and Sunday. <clears throat> they gave them extra, you know, of tater tots or, I mean, of, a, you know, corn dogs or burgers or something like that. They gave them extra. It amazes me how much food these we throw away. You know, because we, uh, my wife even says sometimes she saves boxes of cereal or saves, you know, extra non-perishables in her classroom. I know I'm probably going to get her in trouble, but I know she's not supposed to do this because she's been told is because of these kids. You know what I mean? Because like, hey, dude, you know, hey, you know, they, they come in hungry. Is there something extra I can eat? You know, and she teaches a low income school. They're not the, the, the they're not the um. You know, the wealthy, this, we're not in the wealth. We, I mean, 
she teaches she didn't teach on the wealthy side of town that that's what I'm trying to get at so you have these kids that are aren't being taken care of at home that basically when they once they leave school at three three or four p.m they don't eat till the next day into the next morning and it's sad the story she tells me it's sad it's like what do we can do you know what I mean other than other than it bring heartbreak to you you know, because you can't feed everybody, especially us. I mean, we're, you know, middle class, you know, you know, I mean, there's only so much we could do. But what Marcus Rashford can do is doing at such a young age for his country. It only, you know, it only inspires. It should inspire the young, the young, you know, affluent, you know, kids at his age within this country to take on a cause, whatever that cause may be, whatever it be you know, women's rights or whatnot, uh, you know, but childhood hunger is something real and something, you know, that we need to tackle. And I just, it it makes me proud that, you know, this guy is a United player because it's something that, you know, my wife has seen and brought those stories back home. And all you could do is just kind of like feel bad for these people, for these kids. And they're kids, you see. I mean, they're not, they're not like, adults that you know don't want to work or have adults that might have mental disorders or you know adults that you know that choose not to help out help themselves these are children that can't take care of themselves and this was what it just i don't know (laughs) but i think marcus rashford thank you for what you're doing and keep up the good work and no matter where you end up in life in your Manchester United career, you're Manchester United, you're Manchester, you're England, you're a world hero for the cause that you that you that you've picked up. <sighs> All right, I just started. I was about to get emotional, Lisi. Um, let's talk about. Let's talk real quick. I know we have a we're, we're, we're time's cutting short. Let's talk real quick about some international news. Um, we'll talk about domestic international news. Uh, you know, because the United States are playing tonight at 9.30 in a couple of minutes. Um, what happened against Canada, you see? Draw 1-1 against Canada? What the hell, man? I mean, the women lose to Canada in the fucking in the Olympics, and now we the men's draw 1-1 in a World Cup qualifier? Well, I mean, not just that, but the fact that, you know, these are the dogs. This isn't the, this isn't the uh, quote unquote, you know, B team, right? This is, this is supposed to be all of these international guys that are playing for Manchester and playing for Juventus and playing for city. And so, you know, I, I was very disappointed, you know, even the El Salvador match, I was not, you know, wowed at all. I know Pulisic didn't play, but I mean, that's one guy um, and it's El Salvador. So, you know, all kinds of disrespect. We should be beating them. You know, take it how you want it. Um, I just don't. I don't think that we're playing to the level that you know all these kids are not living up. You know, to what they're supposed to be doing. You know, I, I get it. We don't have a number nine, um, but that didn't stop us from winning the gold cup. Um, you know, people are getting on to Sergeant. Even Taylor Twelman, you know, said he's, this is probably the worst. You know, striking attack that we've had in the history of the game. Wow. Uh, for for the U.S. men's national team. So, <laughs> all right, you know, all right. And so I just, you know, I look and it's disappointing. You know, tonight they, they face Honduras, who is a tough team. I don't know where the game is, but I think, 
you know, either way that it, that wherever they play, it's going to be a tough game. It's a must win game. Um, because, you know, this to me was going to be the, the catapulting world cup that was going to put these guys in that next level. So that when the world cup was in the United States, which will be, uh, 2026, this would have definitely been an opportunity for us to, to go for the whole thing. The way that it's looking now, uh, guys partying, you know, not really too concerned about COVID protocols and they know they could get sent home. Uh, players coming out saying that, you know, they're disappointed. Old players speaking on players who were there, you know, club legends like Landon Donovan saying he's, you know, highly disappointing in, in players. You know, I'm not taking a step back and saying, well, these are young, you know, they, no. These kids sign huge contracts with huge clubs. This is their prime. This is where they're supposed to be, you know, shining and they're falling flat on their face. You should beat El Salvador, period. You should beat Canada, period. Um, is Honduras a little bit better? Yeah, they're a little bit better, but you should be slapping them too. So um, I'm not giving them any slack. Uh, I, I was not impressed. I'll be watching tonight, rooting for them again, but I'm going to hold them to the same accountability that they get held to at these clubs that they play for. Mm-hmm. I mean, these, these guys, when they go back to Chelsea and they go back to City, their coach doesn't give a crap you know, if they're American or if they care if that they play good or they don't play. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to them looking at themselves in the mirror and stepping up and, and winning tonight. Um, otherwise it's going to be a, even more embarrassing because they're not, this is, this would be the second world cup that they are going to put themselves in jeopardy for not being able to, uh, to attend. So, uh, and, and with the fact that they're opening it up for more teams to come. So, They've got to step it up tonight. Got to play out of their skin. Um, pressure's on the coach, too. He's got talented players around around the, the pitch, uh, so he's got to be able to make it happen. That's that's what I think. You brought something. Let me ask you a question. Because you brought up players partying, and I think, uh, I think you're probably insinuating – would Weston McKinney got sent home from uh, the national team because he broke COVID protocol. Right. Have these players, the starters, because obviously we they won the gold. I mean, with a B team, with also a B team that you know that played in the Gold Cup with Mexico, they won the Gold Cup. Are these international players that we rely on, like Dest, McKinney, uh, Sergeant, uh, Pulisic? Reina, these golden age of players, have they been reading their press clippings and thinking they're bigger than they're big? They're bigger than they are. I don't think it's so much they're reading their press clippings. I just think that you know we've talked about this in the past. It's difficult to get an international continuity, you know, for the short amount of time that these coaches have them. They're trying to make their team you know, when they go back home. So, you know, when, when Reyna goes back to Dortmund, you know, he's trying to make that, that team. He's trying to make that starting 11 every week so he can be on ESPN passing the assist to Erling Holland and, and playing with Jude Bedlingham. He's trying to make sure that he does that. Now he's got to break away from that, come get into an international camp, figure out that system that Berhalter wants to run, run it, and, you know, play with, you know, sometimes lesser players or players that he's not very familiar with. So 
it's not an easy thing to do. I think, again, you know, this is why kind of UEFA's against, you know, the World Cup being every two years, that that fight's going to start going on as Arsene Wenger comes into his position. Um, but I just think it's one of those things where if you want to be known as one of the greats, and this is just, I know you don't agree with me, I think you've got to be able to do it at both levels, internationally and uh, domestically. And so if you can't do that, then no, you're not world-class. Um, we're, we can't sit here on, on, on our podcast and act like all of these American players are just killing it overseas. They're there, they're on teams, but Zach Seffin doesn't start. Pulisic doesn't start. You know, uh, uh, Reina starts, but it's in Dortmund. Um, you know, I could go down the list, you know, of, of Adams who plays starts in Germany. They're not lighting the world on fire elsewhere. They've made these teams, and that's a huge accomplishment. But are they putting a dent or their mark on these big clubs? Um, for me, the answer to that's no, as of right now. Again, do they make these teams? Yes, and I think that's great. Are they on huge wages? I think that's great. But I think what has to happen is when they come into these camps, they've got to show that they're not just a player who who plays on, on for Dortmund. They're also a player who can come away from that side, get with a, a, a camp for a couple of weeks and put on a good show. So Gino Dest, I mean, even especially in that El Salvador game, he looked like he was just trying to show people he, you know, I play for Barcelona and that's why I can do all these tricks, but nothing was coming off. I mean, it was just the most disappointing show that I've seen. Now the atmosphere was great. So shout out to the El Salvadorian fans, but they just, they just looked, they just looked crap. And Reyna's going to be out again tonight, so he's not playing. He's not playing. No, you got no McKinney. He's hurt. He's hurt, so he's yes, not playing. He's not, playing. You know, he gets knocked, and so they're not going to risk that. This is not even. Playing. You know, Dortmund's looking at it, going, "Hey, we got a whole season." So there's going to be it's going to be a difficult match, but I think it's a must win for the United States if if we want to be talked about as the up-and-coming golden age, whatever you want to call it. Number one, you got to find a striker. And then number two, you're going to have to figure out, you know, what you really are and what you're really about. Because you, Honduras, I'm telling you, there's a, it's a good, if they're a good side and they will come out and they will punch you in the mouth. So if they don't come out fast and come out trying to score goals and play solid defensively, they're going to lose and at best get a draw tonight. Look at the lineup right now, you see. I Again, you're talking about the players that play internationally. Pulisic is probably the only one starting. Sargent, yes, plays for Norwich, right? Now he's <laughs> now he got transferred to Norwich. Um, Adams. And then we have Pepe. Pepe. Sens, Acosta, McKenzie, Robinson, Brooks. I know he plays in Germany. Bello and Turner at... Uh, at your number one position. So, I'm, again, Zach Steffen's not playing. So maybe he's part of that whole thing with England and let him travel because he's traveling to Central America and not America. Um, Dest is not oh, See, I thought, I thought he had COVID. I thought Zach had COVID. Again, you, I mean, you probably know more about the national team. It's just looking at – even look at the bench you see. Legit. What happened to Daryl Dyke, man? I thought he, I thought he was tearing the world on fire with the, 
Their team. Well, uh, he 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 just scored. He just scored a great goal for his club. He plays for Orlando. He's a younger kid, and I don't think they're ready to give him that that shine yet. And I, it's a mistake in my opinion. I would at least give him a chance. The Horvath. Was, I don't understand it. I thought Horvath was going won, on. Horvath I would win, definitely win you the freaking gold cup. Why is it he starting in goal to this Matt Turner dude? Um, Liedlin, I mean, well, he's been on the downcline. Uh, who else? I'm not looking at it's not, it's, it's not that he has crap players, though. That's my whole thing. They're not crap <laughs> players, they're playing like crap together. Yeah, and I think when you lose, when you lose a Weston McKinney who should be there, when Reyna's not going to be there, that's that's a those are huge blows. Those are those are two, in my opinion. Very good players. Where's that other kid? Players. Uh, They're not world class players, but very good players. Where's that other kid in the midfield? Um, Who's that? Zaha. No, what is the name? Mead, right? No, Mead. The one that plays for. Um, what was his name? He plays in the midfield. He chose us over Belgium? No, or. Yeah. He plays for a French team. Hold on. Anyways, the game has the game has started. Yeah, it started. That's why I kind of want to wrap this up so you, so we can uh, see let you get to it. I'm not. I'm, I'm not sure, but but uh, Sorginho is not even playing tonight either. No, he's which not. Which is interesting. Yeah. It'll be interesting. They win it. Um, I don't, I, no excuses. Uh, you know, they still have Acosta, Pulisic, you know, Tyler Adams is playing. Um, you know, they, they still have players. They can still get it done. I just, you know, for me, don't want to hear about, you know, excuses. If they don't win this game, man, they're going to be, they're already low on the table. So it's going to be very interesting to see how, uh, how they come off tonight. Can I say something? Um, these three yeah. jerseys look horrible. They look purple on my TV. I don't know about you, but they look like purple. Uh, Mick, you know what I mean? I haven't got it. Yet. Yeah, they look horrible. They need to, they need to switch that shit. Anyways, EC, okay, we have uh, two matches. Uh, before our next podcast, we have two matches to cover. Uh, just give me um, – let's talk about the, the Newcastle uh, lineup and score predictions, and then obviously, I mean, let's do a score prediction for young boys because I know it's a – it's a Champions League match, but it's scrubs, so I, I don't know. I mean, you and I probably have a different opinion. I think he's going to play a lot of young kids. But let's go with Newcastle first, CC. Um, give me a lineup and score prediction. So I think the Newcastle game is going to be interesting. I think the lineup's going to be uh, 4-2-3-1. I think he plays the normal back line of Osaka, Varane, that just sounds so good to say. Varane, <laughs> Maguire, and Shaw. I think the double pivot is going to be very unfortunate. I think it's yeah. going to be Pogba and Matic. And then I think on the left-hand side, I think he goes, I'm going to say Jesse. I think CR7 up top, and I think he's going to play Sancho on the right. Bruno? And Bruno, Bruno will be in the hole at the 10. Hmm. And I think that's what he'll roll with with a lower block. Jesse coming off two goals in the international play. I don't think Donnie plays until after the 60th, 65th minute, depending on the score. I think you'll see him late. 
Um, and then De Gea, De Gea and goal, um, I think that'll that'll pretty much round it up uh, as far as uh, the game Score? goes. But yeah, I think I think we win the game three nothing. Hmm. Uh, no, I'm sorry, three one. Newcastle will score a goal. They'll nick a goal. Um, I, I'm just hoping and praying that it's not an early <laughs> one because I think Newcastle will sit back. But I think what they're going to wind up doing is early. They're going to see if they can punch us in the mouth real early. Yeah. And I think it's going to shock folks like Varane because he's he knows that Newcastle is not a good team, and he's going to be shocked to see it. Um, but they, I think they will. I think at that point, once they realize they're going to get hit on the counter, I think they'll back off. But I think initially um, they're going to uh, they're going to try to try to hit us in the mouth. Well, I think Ole is a creature of habit. He seems like a person that does not change up his positions when he's making love to his wife. So you're right, you see. <laughs> I believe uh, your back four is correct, and I believe he's going to play Pogba and Matic. That's the reason why I think he's a creature of habit. He's going to still do that bullshit, that four-two-three-one kind of – he's not going to go offensively. He's not going to put Donnie in where Donnie needs to play. But obviously Pogba's – I think Pabba's going to do that, um, you know, in the midfield because that's his best position is to be in the midfield and not on the left because he just ruins going forward to, to myself. <clears throat> but where I'm going to differ for you is Bruno's going to be in the middle. Ronaldo's going to be up top. Let's hope so because my, my fantasy needs it. But I don't think he's going to play Jesse. I'm, I'm Lingard's. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think he's going to play Jesse. I think Greenwood right now is on fire. Greenwood didn't get to go and play with the national team. So I'm pretty sure he's going to be chomping at the bit to fucking big old middle finger to Gareth Southgate. You know what I mean? You don't bring me in. I'm our, I'm, I had what? He scored in pretty much every United match since the beginning of the season. How many goals does he have already? Four? Three or four? He's got three. I know it's in three. We played three games. He's got a goal in every game. Goal in every game. So Greenwood, and then he's gonna play Sancho on the on the and on the <coughs> on the on the right hand side. So be, that being said, I'm gonna go with you. I like the three one three one three one prediction because we're always gonna. I mean, you know, it's it's in our blood. You know, for us to, you know, for us for have a clean sheet, I, it's very hard for us to do that. And it seems like we always go down. A man, uh, we always go down a, a goal, and that kind of snaps us out of something, and then we. You know, start you know scoring goals. So I'll go. I'll go three one. Like you, like you're saying, EC. Um, but let's see who gets those goals because it's going to be Ronaldo up top. And um, I'm gonna. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Um, Paul gets in more an advanced role and be, does. And kind of is the midfield quarterback along with Bruno and what he, you know what he needs to do and. Hopefully, Pogba gets a couple of assists. Ronaldo gets a couple of goals, and my fantasy team does very good. That's so that's all I'm saying. And and also Greenwood. I need Greenwood. So I'm saying, Pogba gets three assists. Pogba gets three assists. Uh, Greenwood gets one goal, and Ronaldo gets two goals. I captain Ronaldo, and United. My United players come through the, for the weekend. How about that, EC? Right? You didn't give me some good karma. I'm I'm with I'm with that. All right. I, I like that. Put you that like in the air. Right. I'm with. Put that good juju in the air, you see. Come on. All right, you see. Uh, <laughs> you see. Well, uh, 
And we're done for today. Let's get to let's get to watching this match, EC. All right. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. And Lucky Diaz, where you at? Ladies.